Hello, and welcome to the Trauma and Mental Health Reports podcast series. We aim to share stories of knowledge on topics related to trauma and mental health with the community. My name is Autumn Buck Livingston, and I would like to welcome our guest for today's episode, Judy Brunton, a mental health advocate and fundraiser for the Canadian Mental Health Association in York and South Simcoe region. Today, we will be discussing mental health advocacy and advocacy needs, as well as resources. Let's get into today's conversation. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for agreeing to meet with me. Um, You're welcome. Super excited. Um, so if you would like to start off by sharing a bit about yourself and what you do. My name is Judy Brunton. I live in Ontario. And I, besides my pay job, I fundraise and raise as much awareness as I can for youth mental health via the Canadian Mental Health Association, York South Simcoe chapter. And I've been doing it for about eight or nine years. And so far I've raised just over $135,000. That's amazing. I love that. So if you don't mind me asking, uh, what got you into mental health advocacy? And they had a walkathon that was associated with it. But my older son at the time, he would ride his bike anywhere, hated walking. So I just went Googling for an organization that had a ride associated with it that wasn't expensive because you can get really expensive rides. I ditched the other organization because CMHA had a ride that associated with it. And what I could to support them and all the money I raised goes to youth mental health because my sister when she was a youth she got a lot of help now that she's older she doesn't get as much help anymore but as a youth she got a lot of help so I want to make sure the youth in the area I live in and all over the place but the area I live in is where the money goes to I want them to get the support that they need and deserve as quickly as they can get it that's amazing and definitely very important to support our youth. So the stigma will never end. And I was actually introduced to the stigma a number of years ago when like I was, I don't know how old I was. I went to take a babysitting job. And I told them my sister was going to come with me and they said, okay. And I said, she has some medication with her, but she'll keep it away from the children. And they asked why she takes medication. So I told them and I said, oh, we don't want her near my kids because they kill people. Like, oh, really? Okay. My sister wouldn't hurt a fly and never has. Well, she might hurt a fly, but she won't hurt a human. So I ditched that thing, but the stigma is still there because people don't believe it's real because you can't see it but there's a lot of physical illnesses that are invisible and mental illnesses as well are invisible but they're just as important because your brain needs to get the help it needs to help your body so then i'll do different every once in a while i'll do vendor events and i'll have like not i have a vendor event that i host but i'll be at an vendor event or a farmer's market or something and i have my table set up with mental health stuff and I know people walk by because they're pretty sure I'm going to ask for money. But a lot of times people walk by because it says mental health. Now, this is nothing against cancer or anything like that. But if it was pink, 
people would be stopping because breast cancer is so much more important to people than mental health, unless it affects them. So there's a stigma there that will never end. And, but there are people like once it does affect people, then they're all for it. They want to help you. But so I'm just surprised at how huge the stigma is. And that's why my license plate on my car says end stigma. (laughs) So it's not going to stop stigma, but it just tells people what I do. But yeah, the stigma is huge. And unfortunately, I don't think it'll ever end because it's not a real issue that you can see. So I don't know if that really answers the question. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think the huge problem is with a lot of people is if you can't see it, then does it really exist? And it, it's like, yes, it does. Um, and, and like you can see cancer because people lose their hair. There are physical illnesses you can't see as well as mental illnesses, but it's still real. And if the people don't get the help they need with the mental illness, it gets progressively worse and can eventually, unfortunately, lead to suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there anything else that you had learned? Or I know you said that there was like a few things. Just like when um, people do are affected by it, they want to help you. They want to support you. Um, and when I do post things on Facebook and Instagram, there are people, some people who come out and who are very grateful for what you do, but other, well, other people don't say they're not grateful. That's amazing. And having, I guess, just come out of the tail end, whether people want to say it's over or not, that's up for debate. Um, but how did the COVID-19 pandemic impact your work or work in general around mental health fundraisers and advocacy? Uh, was there an increase in mental health advocacy presence or a decrease? I think I was trying to push it more just for like the awareness side of it because there were some people who didn't feel that mental health illnesses is a pandemic issue. I was trying to get articles written in in different papers. would say that it's not a pandemic issue because people aren't suffering. But I'm like, mental health issues were a pandemic issue before the pandemic. And it's even worse during the pandemic. And it's even worse now after the pandemic. Um, In regards to fundraising, it was harder because I didn't feel comfortable asking people for money because so many people lost their jobs and or the businesses so i did what i could it was it was more challenging i had to try and like just i'm not the most creative person but i think out of the box as best as i could to bring in more funds because even though the funds weren't there the funds were needed because one area that the money goes to that i fundraise for is an in-person uh virtual bus that goes around to help youth. It's called Mobis. And that bus was not running because you couldn't have in-person sessions. So they had to have online sessions. People didn't feel, some people wouldn't feel it was as important because it's not in-person, but the sessions that the youth got with the counselors, even virtually, still helped them. And the money still had to go pay for those staff. So I worked my, I worked as hard as I could to still bring money in to help the youth. But it was definitely a challenge. It's not as challenging anymore because people are starting to, some people are starting to recover back financially. So I, I still put out the, the notices to get um, financial donations and to do fundraisers and, and hope for the best. So. That's awesome. And that's great that you put in that effort um, during a time when many people were struggling uh, to be able to have that resource still. And I'm glad to hear that it's starting to ramp up again, being back in person. Um, I guess on a similar note, um, coming off 
the tail end of the pandemic. Now there's talk of a uh, risk of a recession. Um, so with <laughs> that, uh, some mental health support uh, resources such as therapy may not be affordable to many. So what or where can they go for more affordable resources or support? Yeah, therapy and things that are not covered have never been affordable pre-pandemic, during pandemic, and after the pandemic. The money that I go to, again, goes to the youth mental health in CMHA. And CMHA themselves, they have programs that are free for youth as well as adults and seniors. Besides that, in regards to affordable therapy, there's kids' help phone. There's, I honestly don't know that many programs out there, but... But you no, know, we need the programs. I just don't know which programs are affordable. Yeah. So I guess branching right on off of that, from your perspective, um, what mental health resources are still needed or in need of more of? So yeah, like reasonably priced therapy because there's so many people out there who need it. And usually people who are out there who need it just can't afford it. Mm -hmm. You're right in that a lot of people who need mental health services the most can't afford them and can't have access to them. And, and they're um, the ones who are suffering the most. And then that's, like I said, like if you don't get the help you need, like mental health issues, they get worse and worse and worse. They don't get better when waiting for assistance. Going, I guess, on a more positive note, do you have any upcoming mental health awareness or fundraising events that you would like to mention? I <laughs> I have one coming up at the end of April. It is in Aurora, Ontario. And what it consists of, like most of it sounds like it's like a shopping event because it is, I bring in up to 60 vendors and there's a pampering area where women or men can get their nails done, hair done, makeup done, massage, and it costs $30 a session. Those people donate their services, so all the money goes straight back to the youth. I have an auction area, and usually that event, I don't know how well it's going to do this year because it's been a couple of years, but usually that event brings in five dollars to $6,000. And I would give you my website address to publicize but right now it's not really working that well so i don't know how to get um <laughs> instagram instagram is the best and i can put my facebook there instagram is at judy the number four cmha so canadian mental health association yeah for sure i'll, I'll link that with our podcast cool i Thank actually you. do remember your shop to end stigma events and um i actually have a little mini figure castle that i had won at one of the auctions oh back seriously in, so back cool. in 2016 but yeah <laughs> but uh yeah those events i always looked forward to and i found like super amazing especially how so much of the profit goes towards Canadian youth mental health. And I think that's very important. And that's amazing that they bring in so much because absolutely mental health services need funds. It's a lot of work. Um, and I always just hope that the payoff financially is good because I know, okay, so awareness is important. Don't get me wrong. But the money is what pays for the programs that I'm trying to raise money for because awareness doesn't pay for the programs. Yes. So awareness gets 
the info out there that um, mental health isn't a joke. It's serious. People are suffering. But the money is what pays for the programs for the youth to get the help that they need. So. Absolutely. I mean, awareness will bring people in to the fundraisers. And then and as we discussed, like having that affordability for programs is really important. So having those funds be able to go back in, that's that's amazing and super important. So yeah, I think so. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I know a lot of people are um as we I guess also mentioned, a little hesitant to give money to mental health uh fundraisers um for the stigma reasons, but it, it really is important, um, as we have mentioned. It's hugely important. Absolutely. Um, so I guess to end off, um, if people want to, how can they best get involved with mental health awareness and advocacy? I would say just talk about what you know, even if you don't know stuff. I I don't know everything about mental health. I don't there's a lot of stuff I don't know. Um, I simply find quotes and um inspirational pieces and just information that I find and I post it on Instagram and Facebook and just gets the word out there that there are people who are suffering but there's a lot of people who aren't and just post what you can post and be kind about what you post and what I what I like is when I post stuff there are different people who reach out to me and I help them as much as I can but they just want somebody to talk to but I like I feel honored when they do that <laughs> so that's awesome and I mean, you're a huge public figure in, well, from what I know, Newmarket, Aurora, mm -hmm. you're a huge part of that community. So you're someone that people know that they can go to and someone that people know that they can rely on and look up to when it comes to like mental health supports and advocacy. Um, I'm just such an angel. No, just kidding. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> And any bit helps. Exactly. URL, but it's too long to like verbally say it. Yeah, yeah. But I'll, I'll send it to you and then you can attach that. So awesome. You've reached the end of this episode with the Trauma and Mental Health Report podcast. Thank you for joining us. Connect with us at trauma.blog.yorku.ca. And you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and newsletter to see our latest content. See you at the next episode.